Well, Pastor Todd, thank you so much for being with us on the very first ever episode of the Ascent Conversations podcast. You guys, this is really exciting <laughs> to be part of your flagship uh, inaugural uh, conversation, and thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited. As soon as we did this and we had this conversation come up, we're like, we have to have Pastor Todd on. So we're super pumped you're here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. I think you are probably the best person to have on the on the conversation about leadership because when I think about um, just the covering over Riverwood, you know, I, I was talking to a friend one time and he was like, the covering over our church from our lead pastor is, is preaching. And I think you're an amazing preacher, but when I think about the covering over our house over Riverwood, um, I think it's leadership. So you just bring incredible wisdom and insight um, and leadership to our church. And so I think you're the absolute best and perfect person for this episode. Yeah. Well, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Let's, uh, let's find out what we can talk about. <laughs> right. So jumping right in, our first question, obviously a lot of young adults are listening to this podcast. So we would love to know in your young adult years, what was a leadership lesson or principle that stuck with you and has still been valuable today? Yeah, so I took my first semester of Bible school and I went back to my job, which was working in Regina uh, at a mobile home outfit. And my boss took off to Hawaii for uh, two weeks and left me um, in charge of the entire place. And I was, <laughs> I was in charge of running this place. When he came back, uh, he sat me down and he said, I am so incredibly disappointed in you. I have no idea what you did for the last two weeks, but anything I left you to do, you didn't do. What mm. were you doing? And as I reflected back, I was preparing sermons and I was preparing Bible studies and I was in complete ministry mode thinking I was like this great person and I completely wasted his resources and his time. And I mm -hmm. said to myself, I will never allow this conversation to happen in my life again. I will never mm -hmm. allow somebody to sit me down and say, you wasted our resources, you wasted our trust and what did you do with what you were given? And uh, I mean, that applies to many areas of mm -hmm. life, but, but that certainly was, was one of those things that, that uh, applied to my young adult years. I think the other came probably a few years after Carolyn and I were married, and um, we were going through your typical kind of tensions in, a, in our marriage, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I, I, I don't even know what sparked it, but I got this idea that what I wanted to do was get inside of her head and look at the situation through her eyes, and that was the beginning of a journey for me in learning to ask really good questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've used that forever. Just I, I try to sit down when I'm in a conflict situation or in a leadership situation and not what can I bring to this situation, but what is this situation looking like from inside their head as best I can. Wow. And the only way you can do that to look out of somebody else's eyes is to ask really good questions. And mm -hmm. so I've learned that good questions are probably one of the, the best assets to a leader. We often think of leadership as being telling people what to do or mm -hmm. organizing things or making really wise decisions. I think it's asking really awesome questions and learning to listen and, um, and, then, and then basing some of your decisions on what you hear. Mm -hmm. That's incredible to think like to pause in a moment. Cause even in those moments, it could be like a high stress moment of like, oh, I'm frustrated. I just want to tell this person what to do. But how do you just pause and think that? Like, is it a practice that it's taken time to get to that place? Or was it just like in a second you knew, yeah, I'm just going to do this? No, I think in my young adult years, uh, I was so caught up in myself and I thought I was something more than I was. And so mm -hmm. I, I wasted that leader's or that, that my boss's time. And in, in relationships, I think I was, again, so caught up in my own perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a, a learned skill. I think it's a skill that you... You have to discipline yourself to learn and you have to practice 
you know, going into a situation and asking, just practice asking those really good questions, uh, not yes, no answer questions, uh, mm-hmm. questions that will draw out. And if and that imagery for me was just something that stuck with me. How do I get inside, Roberta, how do I get inside your head mm-hmm. and look out your eyes? What does life look like? What do I look like? What does the situation look like out of your eyes? I have no clue. But yeah. I'm gonna, if I can find that out, if I can go digging and mining in your brain for that, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be a way better leader. So it's, it's a it's a discipline. It's something you need to practice. Totally. And, uh, yeah, and you're going to make mistakes at it. But but as you become aware, mm-hmm. um, then you'll become a better leader. And I think that's so telling of like what leadership really is and the kind of leader that you are because I think so often leaders get caught up, caught up in like, oh, I have to have the answer. Mm-hmm. I have to have it all together. And so I'm going to tell. I'm going to make statements. Um, and I think when you do that, you can almost sense that that leader is about themselves, mm-hmm. elevating their platform, making sure that everyone knows that they're smart. But when you actually say, okay, I'm going to go into the mind of this person, I'm going to ask questions and actually mind for, you know, what they're actually feeling and going through mm-hmm. that says I'm a leader who actually is here for the people. And I care about the people that I'm leading, yeah. which I think, you know, that's why leaders want to be leaders in the first place is for the people. But I think sometimes we get so caught up in like, our thing that we just like start telling people start giving up marching <laughs> orders and and we forget why we got into it in the yeah. first place and, and just a, a real quick note um i think we often think of leadership as when you've been given the title leader and you're standing in front with a microphone but mm-hmm. that's not true because what i just shared is applicable in your dating relationship in yeah. your marriage relationship as a parent oh my goodness as a parent <laughs> uh, you're a leader you're you know even yeah. in your in your workplace even if you're not the ceo boss mm-hmm. you can lead change and influence by asking really good questions so this really does apply you know somebody might be sitting there saying well i'm not a leader yes you are mm-hmm. you have influence mm-hmm. you you yeah. are a leader somewhere mm-hmm. so how are you mining for those those questions and, and answers mm-hmm. totally. that's so good um one of the things that both roberta and i love about you we were talking about this as we were kind of preparing for this conversation is just how you lead from a place of vulnerability and you have never once uh, that we've seen pretended to have it all together and 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 be perfect which we have learned that it's a really hard place to get yeah. to that kind of point. And so we see a lot of people pretending to have it all together or maybe they are deceiving themselves and they think they have it all together, but everyone knows they don't. And so what has the process been for you to become okay from leading from that place of imperfection and vulnerability? And why do you think it's important to lead from that place of imperfection? <laughs> I don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> How can anybody lead from a place other than imperfection? Mm-hmm. And if they are, they're lying, yeah. and lying's a sin. So mm-hmm. why would you do that? Yeah, right. Uh, I agree, though. It, it is a it is something that needs to be learned. But um, I, I think I came by my insecurities extremely honestly. Um, my parents were insecure people. My parents never built uh, words of uh, strength or affirmation into me. Um, I think I entered ministry and incredibly my, my story of entering ministry is so insecure, uh, full of tears in a Big Mac at, at McDonald's when I was rejected as a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there was just a lot of natural insecurity. But uh, the reason I think it's so incredibly important is because anything we know about God is that he's a God of truth. Mm-hmm. And tell me what person doesn't have imperfections every single person has imperfections so to lead out of a place where you're causing people to think that you don't have imperfections is to lead a lie and mm-hmm. I, I just I can't stand that right I think the other part is second uh, Corinthians 12 9 um, my power is perfected through weakness yeah. that says and so if his power who who wouldn't want to lead out of a place of power if you're leading out of your own strength and out of, out of this 
image that you're trying to set up, you're leading out of a lie. But if his power is perfected through our weakness, and therefore I will boast in my weaknesses, mm-hmm. I've just learned that I've learned to trust that that mm-hmm. I can. You know, and often with my staff, you've sat in my office, and I'll, I'll probably say, "Unzip your soul, yeah. unzip your soul, and show mm-hmm. us what's really going on in there." That's the mm-hmm. only thing that matters. Wow. Uh, anything else is is uh, you know is trying to set ourselves up for what we think is success, and that's hollow. Um, you put yourself on a pedestal, or you allow other people to put you on a pedestal. Uh, there's only one thing that happens to people on pedestals, they get knocked off, hmm. right? And so hmm. if you're if you're down on the ground already, uh, you're not going to get knocked off of some pedestal. And so oh, I'm that's good. You know, very, very careful not to allow people to put me on that pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part of it is that uh, everybody suffers with insecurities and, and imperfections and struggles. And when a leader stands up and simply acknowledges that they do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's suddenly a relatability, and it's like, okay, I think I can trust this leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this mm-hmm. leader gets where I'm at. Uh, they're not trying to be better than they really are, mm-hmm. and that really actually gives you credibility as a leader, right? So I, I don't, I don't understand, um, you know, any other way really of of leading out of, than out of truth, out of tapping into God's power through your weaknesses, which is so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, everything in us, everything in the flesh, you know, we just finished reading Galatians uh, 5 and 6, and everything in the flesh wants to war against the spirit. And, and the flesh will say, I, I've got to create this image for people that looks a certain way. Social media has, has helped us with that in so many ways, right? I'm <laughs> yeah. just kind of learning that. But um, yeah, I, I think there's no other way to lead than to, be, than to lead honestly. And if you're leading out of anything that's not honest, um, you know, I think you're just going to, you're setting yourself up for a fall. Mm-hmm. And I think people worry, like when they're in a leadership position, at least this is what I felt in Bible college is like, well, you need, people need to be able to see that you have it together because they'll worry if they think that you don't. And so then it's almost like this unnecessary pressure to be perfect and to have it together. And I don't struggle with anything. I'm up here because I don't struggle with anything. So yeah, immediately when we moved here, I remember thinking, oh, he's honest. That like sometimes mm-hmm. it's you know hard to read your Bible every day, or I struggle with this, and yeah, that's that relatability that is so huge for leaders. And I think for people, I was listening to a podcast, and the guy said, "Gone are the days of these perfect pastors standing on the stage. Yeah. People don't want that anymore because they want to. That's why they left the church because yeah. they couldn't measure up to that. Yeah. So I just I love that that vulnerability is so key into how you lead. Yeah, and I think for for anybody that's learning into leadership, I think they need to start. Uh, like anything else, start attempting vulnerability, mm-hmm. start attempting talking openly about their insecurities and about the things that that aren't working for them, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or are a struggle for them. I think as you begin to lean into that a little bit, uh, you realize that your greatest fears, which is rejection, and that you'll lose credibility are actually a lie as well, because mm-hmm. you'll actually begin as you begin to take those baby steps of a vulnerability, you'll begin to see that people respond well to that. You mm-hmm. you got to be very careful not to manipulate that, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because you can you can actually go the other way and manipulate that stuff, which is not healthy either, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you kind of mentioned uh, just briefly about certain insecurities that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things you know we've heard a lot about your insecurities and just your struggles as a leader because you are so vulnerable mm-hmm. and and open. Um, but you've never, or at least in what I've seen, allowed those insecurities to stop you or get in the way of what you feel you, you've been called to do. So how do you move beyond your insecurities as a leader? Hmm. I, I don't think I ever have. And I think that my insecurities have kept me from all sorts of opportunities. Uh, hmm. From where you're sitting, you might sit there and say, well, you know, they've, I've never seen them 
keep you from anything. Um, I've often thought that I, I could be so much more effective if I hadn't stumbled over my insecurities. So uh, it's probably a matter of opinion, right? I, yeah. <laughs> I think that actually my insecurities have kept me from all sorts of stuff. Um, so I'm not sure how to answer that question, I guess. Uh, I guess to push through, uh, to, to learn to, um, again, to, to focus on those to focus on those principles of, is this truthful? Uh, and if it's not truthful, I don't want anything to do with it. Am I inviting God's power? Um, and is this something I'm, I'm allowing Christ's power to be seen through me, even through those insecurities? I, I think part of it, you, you know that I love to restore old junk, right? Mm-hmm. And my wife, Carolyn, has, has said forever, like, oh, you know how to fix anything. You're so good at this. And I get frustrated sometimes with her because she doesn't pick up a screwdriver or, or a player pliers <laughs> or anything. And she says, I could never do that. And I said, you know what? You could do that if you would just try. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's, a, it's the only reason I know how to do anything I know how to do in my shop and in fixing things and restoring things is because I've had, you know, 50 years of trying and, and experimenting with stuff and tinkering with stuff and you can't be afraid to tinker with stuff and, and so even your own insecurities I think you have to to move past that and I've just always believed that if, if God's called me to this if this is something he's called me to then I'm going to let the chips fall where they may but I'll do what I'm, I've been called to do so if that means getting up and and um, teaching the word I'll get up and teach the word and and he's just gonna have to take care of the results I haven't mm-hmm. haven't really taken too much responsibility for the results uh, more just the obedience part of it right mm-hmm. I'm just gonna yeah. be obedient and then uh, I'll let him take care of the results. Mm-hmm. And then you give credit to the right person when you do that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the mantle of leadership is heavy, and failure is something difficult that every leader has to navigate. But also, success can be incredibly taxing as well, because when you're successful, people are counting on you. So Riverwood started off, you know, small church plant, grown into this huge thing. So you have all these people under you. So what motivates you or drives you to continue to be a leader amidst all this pressure um, that accompanies it. Yeah, um, I quit every Monday. <laughs> uh, it's just that I happen to come back to work on Tuesday. Uh, and uh, you know, it, uh, every weekend, it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle going into the weekend to yeah. teach, to lead. It's a struggle coming back out of it. Um, so you know, certainly, I wouldn't want people to think that uh, that I never struggle with those failures. Or those, you know, uh, every single weekend. I mean, th- this weekend we had a service that, that got a little bumpy and, and kind of fell off the rails. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm hard on myself. You know, yeah. I should have done better. I, I beat myself up a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. So how do you how do you keep going? I, again, until God calls me to do something else, until I have um, a clear sense that that He wants me to give up. Um, you know, I also often think of, about that Old Testament uh, moment where God used uh, a donkey. To, to speak and, and to use his words. And I think, well, you know what? I'm a jackass. I can, <laughs> I can, I can be used by God too, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I think on the failure side, you know, you've probably heard me tell the story. It's a little bit of a cliche, but, you know, this farmer had a, a donkey that was a failure and he tried to bury him and he, he dug a deep hole and he started to put the donkey in and started shoveling dirt on top of this donkey. And, you know, partway through this exercise, uh, he keeps hearing this uh, shake it off, step up, shake it off, step up. And what was happening was that every time the dirt came out of the donkey's back, he would, he said to himself, the donkey, shake it off and use that to step up. And so Mm -hmm. I've often thought about that donkey uh, and you know what, I need to take the failures and there's going to be lots of them. I need Mm -hmm. to shake them off my back and I need to use them to step up. And Mm -hmm. the donkey ends up walking right out of this hole that had been dug for him to bury him. (laughs) And I think uh, I've often, every time I have a failure, I think, okay, this is one of those moments 
that I need to just ask God to help me shake it off and I need to actually step on the failure and use it to, to step yeah. me up so that mm-hmm. I can actually climb out of this hole. Um, so having that's hope, right? That's just yeah. hope that, that God wants to use and redeem this. Mm-hmm. Um, being somebody who loves restoring junk, I get to work um, with old buildings, I get to work with old motorcycles, old boats, old cars, uh, old whatever, and I get to I get to restore it. And I know the value of restoration, and that's often when something's being thrown in the junk pile that nobody sees any value in it, that I get to take it and uh, and restore it. And I mm-hmm. often think again of my failures and my own person that I'm often, I end up in the junk pile and God just mm-hmm. loves to take those. I think mm-hmm. he's a restorer. I think God, at his heart, he loves yeah. to restore as well. And he loves to restore that. So he's going to use those failures, those things that have been discarded, those things that had no value to anyone else. Mm-hmm. And he's actually going to use them to to build you up. And, and so, yeah, I got a whole collection of uh, failure trophies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that are are uh, on my mantle that yeah. uh, God has used to, to actually build good things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so key is like, you can fail and just fail but if you are intentional with your failures i heard someone talk recently about failing forward yeah right like how do you turn a you know a, a shortcoming or a mistake into yeah. an opportunity to grow and to move forward mm-hmm. and i think like you have to be intentional about that right it won't just happen accidentally you have to actually be like okay god how are you going to use this how are you going to shape me how are you going to teach me and mold me and make me better because of this yeah. mm-hmm. and like in my experience like you don't really learn from being successful <laughs> right like you only learn from failing yeah. it's like okay i know why this didn't work the last three times and then okay i'm going to make these course corrections yeah. and then it works the fourth it's like okay i've i've learned and i've been able to get to this place of success but yeah. when you are immediately successful you have no idea why you're successful mm-hmm. and you can't actually get better mm-hmm. and so i think succeeding and you know right off the that is actually kind of scary because you can't Mm -hmm. it it wasn't on you or any principle or anything that you decided to do and so it could just disappear as fast as it as it happened I don't even know what success is personally (laughs) like Hmm. I'm not living it I'm I'm not experiencing success I don't look at what I'm uh, I get to be a part of right now as I know other people from the outside can project that on it Mm -hmm. Um, when you understand the lostness of the world and how many um, broken, lonely mm-hmm. people are walking a Christless existence, and you look at what the church is doing and what we're doing at, at our church. We're not even scratching the surface. Let's never, ever, mm-hmm. ever call that success. It's it's not even the beginning of success. Mm-hmm. So I think just right measuring what this is. I know to somebody else, it, you know, uh, seven worship communities, six buildings, uh, you know, blah 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 blah. All the stats. It's mm-hmm. nothing. It's yeah. nothing. It's nothing in mm-hmm. comparison to kingdom potential. And I want to tap into kingdom potential. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you were kind of, we're, we're talking about failures, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and what that looks like in, in our lives and how we bounce back from, from that. Um, but how do you handle when a leader that you look up to or someone that you admire, maybe a mentor who has poured into you, whether from near or from afar, when, what do you, how do you handle when they fail, when they let you down? You know, those moments and it's happened to all of us mm-hmm. where it's like, man, this is my hero. This is my person. They could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. I hope one day to be half the person that you mm-hmm. are when they fail. How do you navigate that kind of a situation? Yeah, I don't have too many heroes that I, I approach that way. Uh, when I do hear of one failing, um, I mean, that's the whole pedestal principle. Oops, they mm. fell off the pedestal. Did I put them on that pedestal? Wow. Did, did the world put them on that pedestal? How did they end up on this pedestal? That they could fall from and when they do fall uh all i think is gee aren't we just reading a chapter of the bible right here uh mm-hmm. david right i mean totally i always is, think of him i always think of him right <laughs> i mean this is a man after god's own heart that has a, an incredible 
reputation and and impact and uh and peter oh, oh my yeah. goodness i mean <laughs> i relate to peter you know, being a loud mouth <laughs> <laughs> you know well there's and the bible's full of them yeah. right the bible's yeah. full so why would we think that our leaders would be any different yeah. you know than than these biblical people that god used and and we you know i love how the bible doesn't sugarcoat you know and it, and it paints all these people with with their warts and their problems and mm-hmm. their issues mm-hmm. right and uh so yeah okay why would we think it's any different yeah. two thousand years later mm-hmm. um so we yeah we've got some very notorious um uh leaders and pastors who have fallen mm-hmm. um, i often think okay what was it that wasn't truthful in their in their leadership and in their realm because something had to be hiding something had mm-hmm. to be growing inside of that, that that somebody wasn't seeing and uh and again, it just allowed either they thought they were better than they really were, or you know they allowed this pedestal to be built around them uh, mm-hmm. or under them that they mm-hmm. they ended up falling off of. So, uh, you know, I, I feel pity. Uh, I I feel um, hope that wow, you know, here here this person has finally um, kind of hit the bottom. That's the other thing about failure is that um, I think a lot of people they take the long route to the bottom of the mm-hmm. barrel, right? So. Mark, let's say you failed in something. You made a ministry decision that was, you know, uh, tough. You know, if you take the stairs and these long winding paths down to the bottom, you know, as in trying to redeem your your reputation and trying to protect yourself from uh, from what really happened or trying to help people to think that you're better than you are, I just like to take the, the free fall right to the bottom. Right? <laughs> right? So I had somebody walk into my office this morning and said, um, you know what, uh, you said something about three months ago and it, it it completely de-energized me and made me want to quit and and I think you were wrong in that and mm-hmm. I could have defended myself mm-hmm. it was it was actually a, a reasonable statement that I had made I had rationale I had reasons for it I could have I could have spent a lot of time defending I, and I just looked at them and said you know what you are right mm-hmm. because they were yeah. I just I went right to the bottom and just said you know what I failed you mm-hmm. I given that chance to say that again I wouldn't say that I would I was inside their head, mm-hmm. and I was trying to mm-hmm. see their through their eyes very, very quickly. But I think a lot of people just take too long of a route down to the bottom, and because once you hit the bottom, you can begin to come up again, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and so don't delay. Like if it, you know, come to that place of honesty, of yeah. truthfulness, of transparency, of owning it. Um, I think we often talk in conflicts about you know what what can you own, yeah. and, and in that moment, you know, because I've got a little bit of experience with this failure thing, I was able to say probably within 30 seconds of this person, you know, accusing me of this, gee, you're, you're right. And mm-hmm. I just found myself on the bottom. And then what we found over the next 15 minutes, we built that relationship back up. And we came wow. back out of that failure mm-hmm. pretty quickly. But mm-hmm. if I had defended myself and if I had, you know, tried to make myself, tried to protect my reputation, I'm the boss, I'm the leader here, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the one who, how dare you say something like that? Or you don't, didn't understand what I was saying and try to convince them of something. Uh, it's just going to take so long to get down to the bottom so that you can climb back up, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to failure, I think, um, and, and I just see that many of these leaders, they they just there's something missing uh, mm-hmm. in their accountability, in their honesty, in their transparency, um, yeah. and I feel sad for them. But I also see the hopefulness that I that we find in Scripture from from David, from Peter, from mm-hmm. all these people that that failed forward, mm-hmm. right? And um, and just yeah, keep growing. And you know, it's so interesting because the way. Um, people see mistakes and failures and the way God sees mm-hmm. them is completely different. Yeah. I was listening to a Stephen Furtick sermon. Um, you should listen to it. It's mm-hmm. called uh, My Maker is My Mirror. And in it, he talks about Moses. And the Bible, when Moses kills the Egyptian, mm-hmm. 
uh, it gives one sentence. Mm. And he was talking about how if Christians or, or just people <laughs> today were to write about that story, there would oh. have been an entire book yeah. called yeah. The Day Moses Murdered the Egyptian. <laughs> yeah. And it would have been yeah. chapter after chapter wow. after chapter. And so we well, magnify... 200,000 people logging in to, yeah. to tell their opinion <laughs> exactly. on, yeah. on it as well, yeah. writing their slant on it. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. just magnify where God is like, okay, you failed. Now how yeah. can I redeem you and, and yeah. restore wow. you? Yeah. And I think that's so cool about yeah. God. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, just kind of switching a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you have, like, I think as, I think as a young adult in my personal life, I have like this ambition and this, and you probably, everyone has it for their life vision. You want to go places. So how do you kind of have that for your life in a healthy manner, but you also want to celebrate and elevate others around you? Um, I know you're so great at, you have all this young adult staff. You're great at cheering them on, putting them to the front. Um, how do you share that platform? Like, how do you get to that place where you're okay with sharing the success? Because I know for a lot of leaders, they're like the one person, you're under me, um, but you're so willing to kind of open that, which at least if I'm being honest, I would have a hard time with that. Like if I'm being successful, like sharing it with others in a way. Mm -hmm. So how do you get to that place where you're okay with that? You know what? I, uh, well, I got a lot of different answers uh, running through <laughs> my head on that one. Uh, one involves a knife in a back. Another involves a towel. Um, you know, I think of Jesus who picked up the serving towel and served. I mean, yeah. that was that was his motif of leadership. That was one of the, the strongest pictures. And I need to ask myself constantly, am I picking up a serving towel mm. or am I trying to grab the platform and the microphone and help others to... You know, our, our, our ambitions and our hearts are so deceitful, mm -hmm. right? And we don't even know our own hearts and our own ambitions. Um, but you can be pretty sure that that especially when you're younger that they're trying to build themselves up and they're not so other centered so i often have had to it sounds a little violent but i use the phraseology i have to take a knife and put it in the back of my own pride i have to take mm. a knife in the back of my own ambition um i've had you know and i mean biblically that's deny yourself take up your cross and follow me right mm -hmm. uh, so i think that that to follow the leadership pattern of jesus um, you know, I, I try to think about that when it comes to Instagram and Facebook and when it comes to preaching and when it comes to leadership and, and annual general meetings and, and wherever I am, you know, am I leading like Jesus would lead or mm -hmm. am I leading like the world craves or like, or like my own ambition wants to, mm -hmm. right? And, and part of this, I mean, part of it is just maturity. Part of it is just mm -hmm. years of yeah. enough rough knocks and enough falling off little pedestals, you realize maybe I'm not as good as I think I am, you know, and, and, uh, and so in 2001, I had an occasion where I was praying through a bunch of stuff and, and I wrote a personal vision for my life. And this, so this is my guiding for the last 18 years. And it simply says this, it's in front of my Bible, uh, to live a strong and healthy life, fully devoted to Jesus Christ, intent on making life remarkably meaningful for others. Mm. And it's the others part of that that I, I have yeah. to keep, you know, I keep saying, am I making life remarkably meaningful for me or am I making it remarkably meaningful for others? Wow. And Jesus was all about others. I need to be all about others. And so that means that Riverwood is not mine, mm -hmm. um, which is, believe me, it is hard. Like, <laughs> Especially because, since day one, you've well, been there, I, right? And I have an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. right? So I, you know, I... I love the idea of building empires and yeah. building structures and building finances. I mean, right now these days, Riverwood's running around, what is it, 1.9 million in 
in yearly budget, yeah. right? I mean, it's so easy for a lead pastor who planted, who, who was the only uh, staff person mm-hmm. at the beginning and in many ways whose idea this whole thing was 24 years later to have an unhealthy ownership of that. Mm-hmm. And I got to realize I, I could be let go at any time. I, I could be, this isn't mine. Riverwood is not mine. It's, I'm here to serve. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. You want to talk about putting a knife in the back of, <laughs> of a lot of stuff. It's really hard to lead out of confidence and to be that kind of leader so you really, really got to balance that stuff. But, but I, I think of the serving talent, and I think of the knife in the back, and yeah. and I don't use the knife in the back of other people violently, but <laughs> in, in the back of my own attitudes, in yeah. the back of my own perception, in the back of my own selfishness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm incredibly selfish as a as a as a human being. We all are, mm-hmm. and so you have to recognize that, and you have to learn to put to death those things that will get in the way of growing the kingdom. And yeah. um, so I I do a lot of killing of stuff. Right, I just <laughs> yep. Yeah, Put a knife in the back of a lot of stuff, and and that just helps you keep in a place where where you're walking in some humility and you're empowering others. So then, yeah. when you do that, you can say, well, if I'm putting the knife in the back of this, I wonder how I can leverage this time, this energy, this opportunity to actually lift somebody else up to mm-hmm. to advance the the larger kingdom. And that's what I've tried to do within our church context. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a blast watching what happens with our, our other leaders and watching them succeed. But uh, I'm not perfect at that by any means. Mm-hmm. So how do you lead when you're not the boss and you're not the person in charge? So I'm thinking from my perspective where I work, I am by no means in charge of anyone (laughs) or anything. Um, So it's one thing to kind of like, you know, from your perspective, lead down. But how do you lead around you? Like, how do I lead up? Like, what would be some tips or ideas you would have about that? First of all, you have to believe that you can. Hmm. You have to believe that you can make a difference whether you're on the top, you're in the bottom, you're wherever you are in the pecking order, mm-hmm. believe that you have an opportunity to make a difference. Um, you could be um, the water boy or the water girl on a team, mm-hmm. and you could make a difference with your with how you carry yourself, with your attitude, how you how you serve those around you. You could be the person that people are going away going like, what was that? Like mm-hmm. this person is incredible, and they're having an Im- impact by serving, right? So I think you have to believe first of all that you can, um, and I think that. Uh, um, the serving towel is huge. You, mm-hmm. you got to be able to put on that serving towel. Um, I, I think the other part of it is that you need to discipline yourself. Again, we, this is coming back to uh, listening. But I've often found when I'm in a situation where I'm not the leader, uh, I'll, I'll be in some sort of board meeting outside of Riverwood or something. I'll often spend the first three quarters you know, seven eighths of the meeting, just listening, just collect, letting everybody, because the, the extroverts are going to mouth off at the beginning, right? And, and it's my life. Well, they're, they're going to mouth off at the beginning, and their ideas aren't going to be really about that sound. But somebody has to start it off. Yeah. But if you can, <laughs> but if you can collect all that information, and then right towards the end, I often find that God will deposit wisdom in your heart, and you'll mm. say something, and everybody go, "Oh my goodness." That's what we should do, right? Yeah. And I think so. In other words, not to not to push yourself too early, like oh, mm-hmm. I got to make a difference in this. Just spend the whole time listening, mm-hmm. and then ask God, what is what is a word of wisdom? What is a yeah. what is something that I could contribute? Even though I'm mm-hmm. on the bottom of this thing mm-hmm. and nobody knows who I am, and you know that um, that would just really make a difference, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think wow. if you if you have that attitude, um, I think that uh, that you can make huge amounts of difference. Yeah. Hmm, that's incredible. Um, so one final question as we conclude and, yeah. and wrap up our very first conversation. Um, in your opinion, 
what is the most important thing that we need to do to become better leaders? Well, I'm probably going to sound like a, uh, a broken record here, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to repeat what I, what I already said. Um, you need to know the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And the heart of God is for truth. And you need to measure everything that you're thinking of doing or doing against truth. And if it is not truthful, and your heart will deceive you. So you've got to ask God to have access to your, to your soul. You've got to say, hey, my, my heart's yours. You know, this is where in scriptures we, we read, uh, come and examine me. Come and look at my heart. Come, yeah. come and look at my heart and find any wicked way in that. You need to be praying that, that, that prayer every day because there will be a wicked way in you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think walking in truth. I think picking up that serving towel, if, if you are walking around with um you know with this badge on on you um emotionally uh that says ceo boss you know you kind of got your chest puffed out and you're and you're walking around like that uh, i think you you need to you know reel that back you need to go find a towel and go put a serving (laughs) towel on how can i serve those who i'm with right now because you will have huge influence that's how jesus led was through the serving town right um, I think you need to learn to ask really good, great questions and you need to learn to get into other people's heads. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're imposing your uh, thoughts on people and your, your leadership wisdom and all that without listening first, mm-hmm. uh, you're doing everybody a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice. I think you need to, to really listen uh, a lot. Uh, certainly read read some really great books or listen mm-hmm. to some really great podcasts like this one on, uh, <laughs> you know on, on growing your life and expanding uh, your life uh, exercise your your leadership if you're if you're not used to being a leader if you've never led anything before you don't think you're a leader uh, find some place where you can actually exercise that to see if this is a gift that God's given you do lots of experimenting uh, make mm-hmm. lots of mistakes yeah. if you're not making mistakes and you're not failing uh, you really aren't risking or trusting God enough and you're not, you're wow. not, you're not kind of getting out there enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, mm-hmm. I've got so many incredible lists of failures, um, you know, but those are what make, make a person, you know, and then walk in humility, just walk in humility and, uh, and boast in your weaknesses, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because if you're not the alternative is that you're boasting in yourself and your abilities and your pride and God resists the proud, mm-hmm. but he gives grace to the humble. Yeah. And his power is made perfect through the very thing that you think disqualifies you. That's the very place where God is going to plant something mm-hmm. that is going to show that he's in charge and it's going to be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to fail uh, really badly and, and wipe out as a leader, be proud and be all about you yeah. and, and all about pushing your agenda. And if you want to succeed as a leader, uh, walk around with a serving towel and, um, and continue to just boast in God and, and in your weaknesses and how God has done this in spite of who you are (laughs) that's amazing so much gold so much wisdom and um yeah thank you just so much for taking the time to be with Mm -hmm. us and have this conversation it's been a joy congratulations on your first (laughs) we made it we did it yes you did did a great job awesome questions really good questions hope hope this conversation helps some people Mm -hmm. well thank you so much